these lights we unplug them and they don't turn on by themselves you have no power source and then to keep those lights running they have to stay connected because you can't just plug them in for a minute and then unplug it and even a battery you say well yeah if you hook them up to battery packs they would last but not very long because again you got to recharge the battery and so there are those things that happen when you're not connected to god you're not going to have the strength or the sustenance so what do you expect to do without God? It's the same thing that God's asking Saul in a roundabout way. It's like, what do you expect to do without me, Saul? Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. This is a scripture that we should truly take to heart because it has major implications for our lives. It's a foundational truth that, once applied, will allow us to have victory over any sin that has a stronghold over our lives. As Pastor Mark continues his teaching series through the book of 1 Samuel, he'll be encouraging us to spend intimate time with Jesus in prayer and through his word. It is only by this intimate connection to the vine that we can produce the fruit of the Spirit. Are you producing good fruit or bad fruit? Well, let's join Pastor Mark in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 25 with today's edition of Come Alive. So David reasons that God can cause Saul to die in battle. He says, man, you know, Saul can die in battle. Or by any other means. Any other means that God chooses. Because God does all things well, right? He does all things well. And I don't have to deal with it. And David understands this lesson. Look at verse 11. And it says, The Lord forbid that I should stretch out my hand against the Lord's anointed. But please, take now the spear and the jug of water that are by his head, and let us go. So David took the spear and the jug of water by Saul's head, and they got away. And no man saw or knew of it or awoke. For they were all asleep because a deep sleep from the Lord had fallen on them. Now David went over to the other side and stood on top of a hill afar off, a great distance being between them. And David called out to the people and to Abner, the son of Ner, saying, Do you not answer, Abner? Then Abner answered and said, Who are you calling out to, the king? So David said to Abner, Are you not a man? And who is like you in Israel? Why then have you not guarded your lord, the king? For one of the people came in to destroy your lord, the king. This thing that you have done is not good. As the Lord lives, you deserve to die because you have not guarded your master, the Lord's anointed. And now you see where the king's spear is and the jug of water that was by his head. This is one of my favorite parts of the Bible. One of my favorite passages of the Bible right here. This is classic God. I mean, this is, you know God has a sense of humor when you see this. It's like God's playing a practical joke on Saul. And he uses David as the instrument. So God's like, Dave, bro, I don't know what, and I do know that you want to kill Saul, but I don't want you to kill him. And, and I don't want you to kill him. So David's like, okay, cool, I want what you want, God. I don't want to kill him either. And so, but if you really want to have a little fun, Dave, take his spear and his little thermos jug of water, right? 
He's got his little twist-off cap, probably drinking, you know, like some of those little outdoors. You know, and those are the people that amaze me. They live in the city, and they got these, like, hiking things all the time. And it's just a bottle of water. And so Saul, you know, being who he is, has got a spear next to his head, his little jug of water. And it's the perfect picture of David taking from Saul his strength, which would be his spear, and his sustenance, which would be his water. His strength and his sustenance. See, it's kind of like God saying, hey, man, when you're not connected to me, you don't have those things. And we as Christians, when we're not connected to God, and maybe, oh, you forget for a month or two to come to church, have your quiet time, read your Bible, think about God, pray, hey, you're probably not really connected. Like when we unplug these lights, we unplug them, and they don't turn on by themselves. You have no power source. And then to keep those lights running, they have to stay connected because you can't just plug them in for a minute and then unplug it. And even a battery, you can say, well, yeah, if you hooked them up to battery packs, they would last. But not very long because, again, you've got to recharge the battery. And so there are those things that happen. When you're not connected to God, you're not going to have the strength or the sustenance. So what do you expect to do without God? It's the same thing that God's asking Saul in a roundabout way. It's like, what do you expect to do without me, Saul? See, and Jesus even said it in the New Testament. Jesus said, apart from me, you can't do anything. Apart from me, you can't do anything. Just like he gives the illustration of the vine. You break a vine off of the branch, it'll die. This week, I, I cut a tree limb. I did it by hand. It was pretty big, and I was so tired, my arms quit working, and so I had to jump. I was doing it over my head, so I just held my arms stiff, and I started jumping so I could continue to saw. And I, luckily, nobody was watching because they were like, look, that guy's having his own little concert out there. But I'm like, I got this saw in my hand, and I'm just jumping up and down because my guys had all the chainsaws. And so I finally got this branch down. But I was amazed that the next day, what I had seen is that all the leaves had turned very quickly brown. And, and then even yesterday I was looking at it, and they were even beginning to fall off. I mean, that's pretty quick. I mean, it was a big branch. And so it's the same thing. That branch didn't, didn't have what it needed. It wasn't connected to the rest of the tree to get the nourishment that it needed to keep the leaves brown, to keep it looking good. It, starts, it died instantly, so to speak. Maybe it wasn't such a slow death. And it's the same thing for us sometimes. Is when we're not connected, even for a little while, it can be dangerous. It can be dangerous for a believer not to be connected. And so we need to stay connected. And so the easy thing would be for David to say, well, go ahead, kill Saul, Abishai. But God says, you know what? My ways are not your ways. Why does God do this? Because he's the God of second chances over and over, and he's still trying to get Saul's attention. See, God still loves Saul. God still loves the atheist who's out there cursing his name. And, and God still loves them. And so sometimes, you know, this is a, another lesson. A spiritual man knows the Lord's ways are higher than his ways. He, a spiritual man knows the Lord's ways are higher and the Lord's thoughts are wiser. So if you're taking notes, that's what you would write. A spiritual man or a spiritual person, you can write even a spiritual woman, knows the Lord's ways are higher and the Lord's thoughts are wiser. And again, the easy thing would be for, for Saul to be killed. But the hard thing is for us to do the right thing when God calls us to do that right thing. Because God says, my ways are not your ways. I'm still going to give him another chance. Why does God do this? Because he's God of second chances. So for David... Well, all of a sudden, Abner and Saul will have to go head to head. 
They'll have to go head to head because what this does is and something David says, David has to do nothing but submit and obey and the Lord tells him to do it. Think about this. If you, could, if you had an enemy and you really wanted to punch this guy in the face and you thought, well, if I punch him in the face, he may not fall down. Now, as great as you may think you are, there's always a 50-50 chance that that guy won't get knocked out. And the other 50-50 is he could punch you back and hurt you very badly. Now, you may win the fight and lose some teeth, but nonetheless, you might get injured. So the better thing would be is like if you wanted to punch some guy in the face is to wait for some other guy to walk up and punch him in the face. And if those two guys start fighting, well, man, just praise the Lord because not only did you beat up your enemy, but you got entertained as well. You didn't have to pay extra money for pay-per-view on the MMA. And so this is what is starting to happen. David yelling at Abner saying, hey, guess what? You were supposed to protect this guy. And so eventually Saul and Abner go head to head. David has to do nothing but submit and obey and do what the Lord tells him to do, and he does. David was brave in the Lord, and it was the, I will not tremble in the presence of man if I have trembled in the presence of the Lord. So that's David's thought. I don't have to tremble in the presence of Saul or Abner as long as I'm trembling in the presence of the Lord. And so when I find myself afraid or intimidated by people, man, you know what? It's always because I've not been in the presence of my Lord. It's always because I have stopped and I was like, oh man, I've gone into the flesh thinking, wow, you know, I bet I could take that guy. And then all of a sudden he might look at me and just look at me. I'd be like, oh, that's kind of intimidating. Look, what are you looking at? See, I don't have, I, man, you know, if I just say, hey, Lord, you know what? This is one of your children. Take care of them in whatever way. And I try to always find myself praying good stuff for those people that I'm like, man, that guy just kind of looks like a jerk. I, I try not to judge, but that's one of those things I constantly battle with is judging people, and, and I try not to do that. But when I spend time with God, I tend to have boldness, peace, and confidence. Boldness, peace, and confidence. If I spend every morning with the Lord, and multiple times during the day if I get that opportunity to open my Bible or just pray, that I find myself having that, that peace and that confidence and boldness. Look at verse 17. We'll move on. Then Saul knew David's voice. And said, is that your voice, my son, David? Now this guy, he's classic. And David said, it's my voice, my lord, O king. And he said, why does my lord thus pursue his servant? For what have I done? Or what evil is in my hand? Now therefore, please let my lord, the king, hear the words of his servant. If the lord has stirred you up against me, let him accept an offering. But if it's the children of men... They, may they be cursed before the Lord, or may they be driven out this day from sharing in the inheritance of the Lord, saying, go, serve other gods. David makes a reference to the Ziphites right here, the children of other men. He's, he could have just named them. Hey, if it's these guys from Ziph, you know those guys that like to gossip, those talkers? Well, then let them go away. And if I've sinned against you, then let me make a sacrifice. David said, if the Lord has caused you to be the one to punish me, cause you to be the instrument of chastening in my life because I'm out of line. I need to bring an offering, a sacrifice. I need to do it the right way. I need to be, I need to be able to bring an offering or a sacrifice to the Lord. But on the other hand, if it's men that are lying to you about me, Saul, then let those guys be cursed. Do you see David's heart here? Can, can you have David's heart in a situation like this where maybe somebody's talking about you and somebody's after you? Uh, maybe not in a murder-type situation, but maybe after your position. Uh, maybe after you, just because they don't like you for whatever reason. Maybe you don't even know why they're doing what they're doing. 
But can you have David's heart in a situation like that? Sure we can. Tells us right here we can. See, David knew to respect the authority that God has ordained. You see, Saul says, hey, is that you, my son, David? Kind of in a sarcastic tone. And David has a lot of respect still. He could be like, man, Saul, you're a jerk. I can't believe you're doing this. And he could yell this from across the valley. But yet he still calls him his king. He still has respect. He understands that God's in control and God has put this person in charge for the moment. That Saul is still the king. And so he's saying, you know, on the other hand, these guys are lying to you. Let them be cursed. His complaint's not that he's been forced into exile. See, I think sometimes when we read this, we kind of look at him and go, man, this is a bummer. This guy is kind of like kicked out of his house. He's living out on the streets. He's got 600 guys with him. I mean, who, who likes that many roommates? I mean, what's it like just to get to the bathroom to brush your teeth in the morning? But his complaint's not like, hey, Saul, I'm living out here in the wilderness. It's no fun. It's, if these guys are lying, let them be cursed. His complaint's not that he's in exile. His complaint is that he can't worship with his people. He can't worship with his people. He can't worship God with, he can't have fellowship. And I think for a lot of people and a lot of Christians, sometimes it's, I don't want to hang around with them. I'd rather worship by myself. It's better that way. Well, that's great. That's what quiet time is for. You, you, you get those days. Five, maybe six. You get that time by yourself. But to gather together and worship with your people, like-minded people. And so David's complaint's not that he's in exile and that he's by himself. It's just that he can't worship with his people. So David knows to respect the authority that God has ordained. He, he respects that authority that God has ordained and put above him. Saul's response to David is, a, is, is kind of fake. I think he's just trying to get David to soften up, to walk down so they can hurt him. Yet David was very respectful. He could easily come against him. I mean, he's out there. They're waiting. They could have done it. But here's the cool thing. Did, did you see that where it said that the Lord had put a deep sleep, a deep sleep over them? A very deep sleep. I mean, if it was me, I, I'd have walked in there and probably stuck Saul's foot in a warm bucket of water. And I'm like, all right. Just left it, taking his sword and his water jug. Shaved off one of his eyebrows, maybe. They, they weren't waking up. Probably carried in bags of camel dung, spread it all around the camp, put it on some of the guys, and put it on their hands, maybe, and a little on their nose, so when a fly lands on it, it splats. That's me. But I often wonder, you know, if you look at verse 20 here, it says, So now do not let my blood fall to the earth before the face of the Lord, for the king of Israel has come out to seek a flea as with one hunts a partridge in the mountains. David's saying, man, I'm no more of a threat to you than a flea or a partridge. Last week it was a flea and a dog. David, David's obviously familiar with fleas and stuff. He says it's not a threat. No, we don't like them. They tend to get under your skin. They're itchy. They're irritable. They irritate you. But they're not a threat. Verse 21 says, Then Saul said, I have sinned, return, my son David, for I will harm you no more. Because my life was precious in your eyes this day. Indeed, I have played the fool and erred exceedingly. You know, I often wonder what it's like to be an old guy, real old. 80, 90, I hope I make it to be 90 or 100. And still being able to physically take care of myself, you know, and, and, and hang out with my son and my wife and my kids. You know, that might just be a dream. But 
70, 80, 90, heading toward your eternal destiny. And I say, and that person says, you know, I've been a fool. That old and that long. Uh, I know somebody kind of like that. And that has realized that they've been a fool for a long time. And, you know, praise the Lord, they change. It's never too late to change. But to be like, man, I've been a fool this long. I've pursued things I shouldn't have pursued. And I, I sometimes wonder what those people do when those situations come up or what their thoughts are. Do they get really bummed out or do they, are they just like, oh, well, there's nothing else I can do about it. And so here we see that David, you know, he, he's, he's sitting here talking to Saul. And when he's talking to Saul, if we go back a little bit, you see this. He says, oh, yeah, you know, David's got the spear and the jug of water, the sustenance, the, the strength. God tells David to pull it off, and this is another lesson, you know, that we see here that the Lord says, hey, you know what? Abner and Saul, you guys were after him, or after me, and you've blown it. God says you're blowing it, and so Saul here in, the, in these verses is like, man, he's repentant. He, he, he knows he's been a fool. And so David was brave in the Lord, and Saul wasn't. David was able to walk into the camp of his enemy unharmed, unscathed, unheard, and, and grab something that belonged to the enemy, that belonged rightfully to him. Now, some of us might be like, well, he stole. He is a sinner at this point. But he was just obeying the Lord. But to pursue things, to not to pursue that he shouldn't have pursued, Saul's pursuing David and shouldn't have pursued him. So here Saul tries to convince David of his foolishness, but David doesn't need to be a fool also. Instead of Returning to Saul, David will remain with God. He just says, hey, yeah, yeah, no, no, I'm not going to go with you. I'm just going to hang out with God because that's all I need. Look at verse 22. It says, and David answered and said, here's the king's spear. Let one of the young men come over and get it. May the Lord repay every man for his righteousness and his faithfulness. For the Lord delivered you into my hand today, but I would not stretch out my hand against you, against the Lord's anointed. And indeed, as your life was valued much as this day in my eyes, so let my life be valued much in the eyes of the Lord, and let him deliver me out of all tribulation. And then Saul said to David, May you be blessed, my son David. You shall both do great things and also still prevail. So David went on his way, and Saul returned to his place. A spiritual man knows God rewards righteousness. A spiritual man knows that God will reward righteousness. See, we, we all do right things because it's the right thing to do. Some do the right things for the reward. And so God will reward us for doing the right thing for trying one more time. Trying one more time. If you learn that lesson the last time, you'll, you'll have success this time. You know, And it's the same thing as we teach our children. Just think about it. If, if your kid does something wrong... And you punish him, you're hoping he's learning that lesson. And if he learns that lesson that time, then guess what? He has success the next time that situation might pop up. It might be a a hitting. It might be a a mouthiness situation. But hopefully they learn that lesson. See, last time David was convicted for touching the hem of his garment. This time David doesn't even touch him. And there's no conviction. And I guarantee you by the end of this week, you're going to have an opportunity to lop off somebody's head or snip off a piece of somebody's garment or pin someone down, but perhaps the Lord will say, hey, 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 wait a minute. Uh, There's a better way. Just stop. 
Just stop. Remember the last time you jumped that guy verbally? Remember the last time you got onto him? Remember the last time you spoke ill of him to that other person? They ran to him. They just, just stop. Just let me take care of it. And so I pray that the power of the word will change us from glory to glory, from a Saul to a David, if that's who we are. And, and David and Saul will never see each other again. And you and I will never know the last time we're going to see someone. I mean, in this chapter, as we read this, Saul and David aren't ever going to come face to face anymore. They're kind of done with it, with each other. Uh, next week, we're going to see some amazing stuff in chapter 27. But it's like one of my favorite books of the Bible, First and Second Samuel. And I just lump them all together. It's one book as we travel. But you know, hopefully out of this that we see what a righteous person does, a righteous man or a righteous woman, that, that we would be those people that God calls us to be, to do the right thing, to heed his voice when someone's after you, when someone's trying to get you. And so the application today would be, you know what, just stop and listen to the Lord. You're probably going to get opportunity today. Maybe in, on the ride home, you and your spouse will try to pick up that argument you had on the way to church. Hopefully not. You know, I always laugh sometimes. Because sometimes people will tell me, yeah, a few weeks ago, my wife and I drove up and we were arguing. And I'd seen them drive up. And I was like, man, you guys look so happy. It's like you hit the parking lot and it's like, oh, everything's perfect. But sometimes it's not. At, at Calvary Albuquerque, I got to work the parking lot ministry one time. And man, I'd see some of the craziest stuff happen in that parking lot. And our pastor always taught us, you can't lose your salvation. And I used to be like, yeah, you can in our parking lot. You'll lose your salvation. Once the minute your feet hit that pavement, you're losing your salvation because it's on. I mean, I've been cussed out in that parking lot. I've been flipped off in the parking lot. It's like right after church. You're like, man, that was an awesome message. And all of a sudden, somebody's showing you they're number one. You're like, wow. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Have have a good day. Hope it's better than the parking lot moment you're having. But sometimes that happens. Satan will come in, and he's going to try to attack right away. He's laying in ambush. And, And maybe the Lord will allow him to just rest for a little while. So... You can go in and reclaim something and grab something that belongs to him. Some something. It might be that moment he took away from you yesterday and spend that time praying or maybe that moment that, it, that was taken away that you should have been reading your Bible instead of doing whatever it was. And it was a great exhortation that David gave us. It's like there's a lot of things we can do. There's a lot of things that are permitted. But the question always is, is what's the best thing? See, David had opportunity, and I'm sure he could have killed Saul and said, Lord, forgive me. And the Lord would have said, okay, David, you're forgiven. But the best thing for David to do was not to do anything, to leave it alone and listen to the Lord. Thank you for tuning in again today to Come Alive. Pastor Mark will have much more to teach us from this study of 1 Samuel when you join us next time. If you'd like to hear more messages from Pastor Mark, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast. Just search for Come Alive in your app store or on iTunes. Before our time is through with you today, though, Tracy would like to tell you how you can be a part of the ministry of Come Alive. Come Alive and radio programs like it are powerful tools that God is using to advance His gospel message here on earth. And we know that God is blessing many through the ministry of this broadcast. We want to make sure we keep God at the center of what we're doing, and that's where you come in. Would you keep Come Alive, Pastor Mark, and those who have heard this program today in your prayers? Your intercession on our behalf is greatly appreciated. 
Thanks, Tracy. Another way you can be involved is through financial support. Here at Come Alive, we rely on the kindness of donations to be able to provide you with quality produced programs. We'd like to ask you to prayerfully consider donating and want you to know that any amount is useful and greatly appreciated. Find out more at comealiveradio.com or you can text a donation to Calvary Katy at 77977. That's 77977. Thank you for bringing this matter before the Lord and thank you for being a part of our listening audience today on Come Alive.